Hi, thanks so much for tuning into the Nonprofit Mastermind Podcast, where I do a deep dive into the strategies and mindset behind launching, scaling, and leading a high-impact nonprofit. I'm your host, Brooke Ritchie Babbage, and I'm so excited you're here. You're listening to episode number 10. My next few podcast conversations are going to focus on the theme of sustainable leadership. In particular, how our current definition, understanding, and practice of leadership so often leads to burnout for people in leadership roles, and what it might mean and look like to actually practice leadership in a way that is sustainable. I'm super excited to kick off this series of conversations by talking with my friend and colleague, Phil Lee, president and CEO of the Robert Sterling Clark Foundation. I wanted to talk with Phil about this topic because he has seen and thought about leadership from so many angles for so many years. He is a voracious student of leadership and leadership theory. He was the executive director of the Coro New York Leadership Center here in New York. And now as CEO of the Robertson Clark Foundation, he leads a foundation that funds and invests in leaders and leadership development. Phil and I have a great conversation. We talk about his perspective on what leadership actually means, the relationship between leadership development, equity, and sustainability, and we talk about why it's critical for our sector and our city's nonprofits that we invest in and support our people and the equitable practice of leadership. So let's get started. Hi, Phil. Great to talk to you. Hi, Brooke. Nice to be with you. So before we came on, I guess, camera (laughs) on tape, we were talking a little bit about what I have been envisioning for this series of conversations about sustainable leadership. And I thought we could talk a little bit about your perspective on the practice of leadership and what it actually means to do it in a way that is sustainable, whatever that means, (laughs) based on your decades and decades of work, both leading institutions and funding leaders and thinking about leadership development. And I'm really excited to chat with you today. Well, thanks for having me. I'm not sure I have lots to add, but I'm happy to sort of share what I've been thinking about, or a lot of us have been thinking about at the foundation over the last last year, for sure, but since we've been here doing this work for the last five. So yeah. So why don't we start with that? I mean, you came to the Robert Sterling Clark Foundation now a little over five years ago, and the focus of the foundation has shifted to supporting leaders and supporting the practice of leadership. Why that focus? Why the investment in leadership and leaders as people as opposed to sort of organizations? I think there are kind of a twofold answer, if you will. And the primary one is really that there's some interesting research that only about 1% of philanthropic dollars are actually earmarked for the people who do the work and make the sector hum and do the important work. And For me, it's sort of like, oh my goodness, the most critical asset that we have in the sector are our people. And they get not the kind of investment or the kind of attention that I think they deserve. And the second one was really for Robert Stone and Clark as a foundation. There was this thinking about how can we contribute to the life of New York City? What will make a difference? Being our size and being in a pond with many very large organizations, trying to find a way that we could do something that would make a difference. And So this notion of investing in people, investing in leaders, was a way that we thought we could actually leverage our resources in a really powerful way, right? By supporting individuals who are doing important and good work across the city, 
and then having them potentially go back to their own organizations and incorporating some of their own learnings and skills and making those organizations become more powerful drivers of change in community and serving the communities that they're part of. So you said that our most critical asset are our people. What do you mean by that? Why is that the case? I think without people, without thinking, without creativity, without kind of the passion that comes with people who are doing all this work and are motivated to do this work, none of this would happen or their sector wouldn't exist. And so if we really think about it in that context about like the importance of all the individuals who have made a commitment to be here for community members and for others, they are the most important asset because if we didn't have the people, nothing would happen. So that sort of drives us. That's right. And it sounds like, I mean, one of the things that I think is really interesting when you think about investing in leadership development and investing in leaders, this idea that then those individuals go back to their institutions, right? And if they are stronger, the institutions are stronger. Has that borne itself out? Have you seen that be the case that if we invest in leaders, their institutions also get stronger? I think what we try to believe and we do think that by incorporating these ideas and taking them back that the organizations are better able to handle it. But I think, yes, most of it would probably be anecdotal. It's sort of like measuring leadership and converting them to metrics is not such an easy task. But just anecdotally hearing from the folks that we support and the organizations and individuals that are part of our community, definitely, I think, what we find is that our leaders go back and there's a richness to their experiences from often the leadership development programs that they've been part of. And they're able to bring back those ideas, but also they have other folks who can serve as peers and ideas, uh, places to bounce ideas off of as they go through their journeys. And so I think in essence, we're building and supporting the sector as a whole, right? We have more resources of people who can be there for each other as they grow in their careers and, looked at ways to make a difference. So I think it's a really powerful way for that to unfold. Part of an engine, really. Correct, yeah. So when I say sustainability, I mean, we're sort of talking about it a little bit here, investing in actual people. But when I say sustainable leadership, what comes to your mind about what it means to practice in a sustainable way? I think what jumps into my head is this whole idea that often we've had like these heroic or charismatic leaders who like almost carry the torch and lead us into yeah. battle or carry us forward. On their shoulders. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and that's an incredible burden to shoulder, right? And to carry by oneself. And I think this moment and this time and this whole era, I think is an invitation for us to rethink that whole notion of like, it's up to a person to be the one who is responsible for an organization or for what happens. And I think, as we've sort of seen, like, I think of leadership as an action and not a person or, but it's also really much more leadership can happen from anywhere. Any person can lead. And I think if you start embracing that idea, then within organizations, you've got leaders at all levels doing different ways and leading in different aspects of the work. And I think that's actually what you want, right? There's not one person who's going to know it all or be the right person to kind of champion a particular thing. And so this whole notion of distributed or shared leadership, I think is much more common or becoming more common in terms of ways of doing it. It may not always be explicit, like, hey, this is the way we do it, but it gets expressed that way. And I think that's really kind of where you'll find ways or we will find ways that we can support each other and make that a way of being as we move forward. Yeah. 
It almost sounds like the investment in leadership development or pipelines of leaders or people practicing leadership then becomes a tool for, vehicle for supporting sustainable leadership, right? That if you're sort of building the leadership of people in the institution, the practice of people, you are supporting the person at the helm or supporting... I think a lot of the reason why we're really interested in leadership development at the foundation is that when you go through a program like that, right, and if it's an issue-based identity, right, you're with many folks who share many of the same or similar interests. And so you can resource one another as you build your careers, but it also becomes community, right? And I think that's the part that's really important. And we're seeing that right now during this COVID era, right, where people are alone or people are trying to find ways to connect with others or to have sounding boards or people just to sort of like, I have your back or I'm with you, right? All those things are kind of essential as we think about like components of leaders and leadership, And so I think those come as part of the kind of, if you will, the package of being uh, part of a leadership development program. When you talk about community, I was just talking with a colleague about things that have always been true, but we didn't sort of acknowledge them until COVID. (laughs) She was joking that pour over coffee has always been just way overpriced, right? It's, It's not as special as everybody says, and that's always been true. But now that she has to make coffee at home, she's like, now I'll actually admit that out loud. And I feel that way about this idea of community and the importance of being part of a community if you are someone who is an executive director or sort of at the helm or in a leadership role at an organization. It's something that has always been critical to practicing leadership in a sustainable way. But I think there's much more openness to saying, hey, I need a community. Hey, I can't do this alone. Because COVID has really intensified this feeling of being alone. Have you seen that in in your work? I would say for sure. During this time, it's really become more apparent than ever, right? And it's a little bit because executive directors in many respects still carry a lot of this alone or kind of carry that. that We have, yeah. Right? So actually, one of the interesting things that we did at the foundation is we heard pretty early on from a couple of executive directors, like, I don't have anywhere to turn. I feel very alone. And I'm the person who needs to be strong for the team, right? And sort of reassure everybody that things will be okay or be able to communicate in a way that people will be okay or comforted in some way. And when we heard that, we started something called the Executive Director Circle at the foundation. And it was a place where executive directors can come regularly or drop in as needed and be with peers and sort of have a safe or brave place to kind of share some of the ideas or concerns, right? Early on, it was like, how do I work with my staff? Do I have to worry about furlough or layoffs or redoing our budgets? And do we need to break our lease? All these different things that are sitting with somebody and you're trying to figure out, right, what do I do? And having a kind of your own kitchen cabinet people or advisors who might be able to sort of like, hey, we're thinking about the same thing. Let's talk, right? Is actually a kind of a nice way to be able to explore, to even just kind of tackle this and not be so alone in that moment, right? So another dimension of this idea of sustainable leadership that's been really front of mind for me, and I know you and I have talked about it and at the foundation we talk about it, is this idea of equity, right? And how to layer in a real commitment to practicing leadership in a way that is equitable and investing in leadership in a way that is equitable. Sort of how do we integrate equity and this more expansive definition of leadership. And I know that's something that you've talked a lot about and thought a lot about. Right. 
It depends on how you look at leadership and leadership development. So the, definitely the way that we look at it, it's like, it really is a reflection of like leadership comes from all places, from all people. And I think the whole notion of like, if we're looking at leadership development with an equity lens, then a lot of it is around, I and mean, pipeline is perhaps not the right word, but it's the one that most people can relate to. But adding new voices, bringing new folks who may or may not have had the opportunity to kind of lift up their experience, lift up their ideas in ways. And I think that's the opportunity we have now, right, in terms of kind of focusing or kind of orienting the idea of like, whose voice do we want or want to include as part of this going forward? And the importance of that as we think about kind of revitalizing or rebuilding the city more than ever, right? We always talk about having an array of ideas that makes things stronger. And I think that's really true. And that's why this is such an important part of kind of the work that we're doing. I was saying before we started chatting that I had a great conversation with Jill Eisenhardt, who was the founder and executive director of Red Hook Initiative for many years. And we were talking about this idea of leadership and what it means to practice leadership in a sustainable way. And one of the things that she talked about, and actually in my earlier conversation with Kemi, also this came up, this idea of leadership being communal. And interestingly, this also came up in my conversations with Tanae and Zarita in last week's episode. Just, I think, yet another way in which something that has always been true that we are just talking about explicitly now, which is if I am the person at the helm of an organization, the more people that are there with me, the more people that are sort of carrying this boulder with me, the more perspectives, more people at the table, the lighter my burden gets. And so it's not just having a community of other leaders, it's having a community within my organization, within my institution of people whose perspectives I can rely on and thought partners and that makes my load easier to carry. Oh, absolutely. I think the whole notion that we're in it together really is embodied in what you were just describing, right? And we're all invested in many ways to like support the organization and to support one another, right? And so the benefits of community play out in so many different dimensions, but really sort of knowing that if your load is a little lighter, it's because we're all kind of at different points lifting up kind of the organization. And I think that's the beauty of it, right? And if you think about it in its own way, it's leadership development on all fronts, like everybody who's helping to lift up the boat are also building their own leadership muscles, if you will, in terms of finding ways that they can flex and perhaps tap resources they didn't know that they already had, right? And so this is kind of the, if you will, a silver lining in a really difficult time is that like, hey, we're experimenting or we're seeing and exhibiting different kinds of ways that leadership can play out. I love that. Well, Phil, it has been really wonderful talking with you about this. I always like talking to you. And like I said, you have such a sort of vast and deep experience with leadership from lots of different perspectives. So thank you so much for joining me today to talk about it. Well, thank you for having me. So it's been a pleasure. Talk to you soon. Thank you so much for joining me this week on the Nonprofit Mastermind Podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe on Apple or wherever you listen to your podcasts and share with friends. Also, before you go, if you are doing your own thinking about or work on making your own practice of leadership more sustainable, I have a treat for you. It's my new free sustainable leadership e-course where I walk you through how to lead from a state of abundance and stability as opposed to scarcity and overwhelm. Each week for four weeks, I'll send you a brief e-lesson, an activity, and a curated set of readings to support you in creating a deeper, more sustainable practice of leadership. 
To sign up, you can go to richiebabbage.com backslash sustainability. That's all for now. Have a great week and I'll see you back here next week for more Mastermind.